0: Oh, yeah! It's time for another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju, a comic book discussion podcast. And on this episode, we have a very special treat because my co host from Trechnological, a Star Trek shakedown, Captain Schoff, is here for a new, a brand new segment on the Comic Book Kaiju. Uh, we're going to try to do this as a recurring feature called Attack the Stack. Where we're looking at stuff that has kind of piled up. We're trying you know, trying to check it off of our list of, you know what, let me hurry up and get to that so I can get on to my next things. Um, but this one's in particular is gonna be a Halloween themed episode. So we're gonna be talking all kind of spooky comics in this episode. But before we get to that, Captain Schaff, how are you doing, sir?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Um, everyone check out the Trechnological Podcast. If you're into Star Trek or if you know someone who's into Star Trek, that is the show where you're going to want to check out Captain Schaff and myself, Captain Vector, as we boldly go through all of the Star Trek content that's coming out right now, which is it's kind of like a golden age of Star Trek. But sure also, is. Schaff and I are busy dads. And we have a segment on there called Boldly Dadding, where we talk all about how, what it's like to be a dad in 2022 of young children. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. Shoff is doing an excellent job over there. So 100%. I want Thank you to go you. over there and check that out. Now, Shoff, you and I, being busy dads, yes, we need energy. We need <laughs> to have chasing our children around being attentive husbands, we need to be productive. So you and I have both been approached by a company called Magic Mind. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about it real quick on this episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. They're doing a 14-day challenge, uh, which they're trying to do a hashtag 14 days of magic. And what it is, is, they're for every 10,000 views... Of that hashtag, 14 Days of Magic, they're going to donate $10. Their goal is to make as big an impact as possible and speed up the project's efforts by reaching $30,000 in donations for the Amazon Rainforest. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, they're partnering all and uh, trying to save the rainforest, which produces... See, I didn't know that Amazon Prime had a
1: rainforest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they. I think that's how they started, and then they kind of got away oh, from. Okay, the, so they started with the rainforest, and yeah. they moved to books, and yeah. then they moved to everything. That's right. I, I think <laughs> they're uh, before they dominated the globe, they were just a small rainforest. <laughs> but we're trying to save that, Shoff, because uh, this is the source of more than twenty percent of the world's oxygen. So wow. Amazon rainforest, a hundred percent, is something that we all want to save. But we we definitely want to um, point you over to the link in our show notes, which is magicmind.co slash 14 Days of Magic. Check out that campaign. Very uh, important stuff that they're doing over there. And I also wanted to let everybody know that I'm starting this 14-day challenge to become my best self, Shof. I want to be better for my family and for my co-host on my podcast Shoff. I want to be (laughs) a better factor. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of committing to this 14 day challenge. I'm going to be eating better. going to be exercising more. And I'm also going to try to say more kind words to everyone around me. Shaf, you know what? Shaf, I appreciate you as a person and you as a co-host. I want to let you know that on this episode.
1: Ooh-wee, I'm feeling the love (laughs) tonight. Can you feel the love tonight?
0: So, yeah, um, I have been drinking Magic Mind as well, the productivity drink, and it has been good. So definitely check that out. Like I said, discount code is KAIJU14. That's K-A-I-J-U-1-4. And I just want to let everybody know that anyone who creates content with the hashtag 14 Days of Magic and that's the number 14, 14 4 Days of Magic. At the end of the promotion that they're doing right now, which ends in November, I'm going to be picking a winner out of all the people who tag 14 Days of Magic. The winner's going to get one to three months of Magic Mind as a subscription. That's about $300. So you definitely want to get in on this now and put your hashtag 14 Days of Magic content out there. And the place you submit that content is the same link where you bought Magic Mind uh, from our promotion, magicmind.co slash 14 Days of Magic. There's a little submit button, and you can put in your content, submit all the 14 Days of Magic that you want, and then that's where I, the more views you get, the more Magic Mind you win. And I will pick a winner. And we have a link in our show notes. MagicMind.co slash 14 Days of Magic. So definitely check them out. All right, Shaff, let us talk some spooky selections. Now, Marvel Unlimited is fantastic, as everyone who listens to this show should know. But oh, yeah. They have a Halloween challenge, and they have these challenges from time to time, which are kind of cool. They even give you these Marvel Insider Points. So right now, Shoff, I want to thank you for finding this challenge this is um, something that's going to give you a thousand Marvel Insider points if you complete it by October 31st. So uh, you only got a couple more days, but I had a lot of fun going through all of these comics. Shop. There was five total books, um, and so we're just going to go one by one Sounds and good. talk about our thoughts. Um, yeah, so- this was really, really
1: fun because the we'll talk about the the titles, but I wouldn't have read really any of these I don't think otherwise so I would have missed out on these and I'm glad that the the challenge sort of forced me to
0: to experience some books that I m- most likely would never have picked up I'm the same way for the most part I would have most likely the current books I probably would have um, been caught up on but all of these older titles yeah. I definitely would not have gone back and checked out so the very first one on the list that is a link in our show notes, Werewolf by Night from 1972, the very first issue of Werewolf by Night. Hey, Shoff, did you watch that uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus? I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. It was nice. uh, it was
1: very different um, for for the MCU, but it was it was fun too, and getting to see not just uh, Werewolf by Night, but also the uh, appearance of. Gosh, I don't want to spoil elsewhere. things for people, but, uh, uh, there, th- th- this is your warning. Okay. This is your, warning. Um, <laughs> but man thing is in it. And, yeah. uh, the big takeaway was just how f- interesting and fun and powerful that dude is. Um, and so it was really cool to, to witness that.
0: Yeah. So what did you think about werewolf by night? Number one from September 1st, 1972.
1: So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it. I didn't love it, but that's only because I have a real tough time enjoying the, like those, the old ones from like the silver yes. age or the bronze right. age or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like it's a challenging time for me to appreciate the comics from then. Cause the yes. writing is so different.
0: 100%. And there's so much
1: dialogue. Like there's yeah. so much dialogue. Th- um, there's
0: there's two ahead. things for me, the writing, like you said, and there's a lot of Stanley books that, I've tried to get through and it's just like, man, this dialogue. I love Stanley for creating the Marvel universe and most of the characters, but a lot of his dialogue is super corny, super like old school, the slang and the lingo from that time, but also just the writing style, the things storytelling is different in 2022 than it was in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. The, 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 the writing and then also the artwork and the biggest difference between that art and today's art is digital coloring. The coloring a hundred percent makes it, um, it just changes the game on the artwork. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Chef. I had um, a little bit of a tough time getting through this. It's always interesting to see the characters origins and their first issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, just like TV show pilots, like you can't yes. always
0: judge the show
1: based off of the pilot episode because By the end of the show, like, let's say the show goes on for seven seasons. The show in its seventh season is nothing like the show in the first season. And it's always so much better towards the end because they've had the time to invest in character development. Yes. You you get to know them and you care about them. And so it's a different story. But meeting Werewolf by Night um, for the first time, there's so much narration in this. Mm. There's it rivals like Batman narration, if you oh, <laughs> like, yeah, in my opinion. right. Um, and, and the colors are so vibrant that it doesn't really scream spookiness to me, hmm. like it's a little too vibrant to be scary, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense A 100%. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Shuff. Um, I, I like seeing, like I said, the origin of the character, but I did not have fun overall on this issue. The next one was Werewolf by Night. Now, this is kind of the modern Werewolf by Night, 2020, the first yeah. issue of the new Werewolf by Night, Jake Gomez. So what did you think about this one?
1: I like this one a lot more um, because it brought in sort of like the indigenous culture yes, right. into it. And I think that that worked out better for the character, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Also, the character style of how they drew Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. It, it to me is a far more menacing looking character than what the um, like this silver age of cinema. Like when we right. saw the werewolf movie, like from like the old monster movies, like it, where it just looks like a guy with lots of facial hair. Yes. Right. You know, and, and it just doesn't look scary. Correct. This werewolf is menacing. He's, he's got the stature, um, yeah, and so I think like that works a lot more to serve the purpose of being like a primal force. Um, and, and in that respect, I think it's a better, um, a better book. And it actually, by the end of it, 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 it like went off the rails even more. There were like other monsters that he like ran mm, into and it yes. made me interested. I, I almost went on to the next issue of this run just to see what was happening, but I knew I had these other books to read. So I, I held off, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past myself to go to like issue number two of this 2020 run and, uh, and see what I think.
0: Nice. And this is actually written by taboo of the black eyed peas, which I thought was interesting. Didn't know he was a writer, but I guess he's, uh, got some many talents, but yeah, I was right there. Everything you said, I agree with a hundred percent. This came out during 2020, during the uh, the pandemic, so that was kind of interesting Reading the back They had kind of a like a letters page And they were talking about, hey You could have put your money into anything But you put it into this, so thanks for doing that During a pandemic, guys um, And ease up on the toilet paper You know, <laughs> stop using it So I thought it was very interesting Also that it takes place, like you said The indigenous aspect of it In a small town in Arizona yeah, Where I currently yeah. live um, And you used to live that's but true. I thought was, that part was very interesting but also relatable because I live here. So, that one I also would probably continue with it um just to see more of the Werewolf by Night where where he's at currently because uh I'm not 100% sure the whole mystical uh, supernatural side of the Marvel universe. I don't really read that much. So, Morbius, um Elsa Bloodstone, you know, I, I'm not really following them. I did notice the uh, moon Knight annual book just came out this week and on the cover, it said werewolf by night is in this book. So that would probably be my only supernatural book that I'm reading is moon Knight. So that might be where I continue to catch up with the werewolf by night. All right. Next up Shaw. I think this is probably my favorite of the, the selections that we've read. Legion of Monsters, number one, from 2011. Yeah. Um, what did you think about this one? Dude, I totally agree with you. I'm 100% there. I I had so much fun with
1: this one. A- and it kind of bummed me out when I recognized that it's a limited series of mm-hmm. only four issues. Yeah. Like that to me, I didn't read the rest of them, but I want to and I intend to. Yeah. Uh, because this one was the most fun. Uh, you have Elsa Bloodstone. And this is actually the first comic that I've read of her that she's in. Uh, I I don't know much about her as a character. I know she's she was in Werewolf by Night, the uh, MCU special presentation, and she was great in that uh, too. And and I was like, oh, this character's fun. She's spunky. She's she's uh, strong. She's independent. Like she's she's cool. And and she's got kind of an attitude. You know, she's like very. um, I I guess spunky is probably the best word, but uh, she's got a lot of like. Uh, talking smack and stuff, and and, uh, and it's just a lot of fun. And I didn't think I would enjoy any comic book that has Morbius in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um, it's it's a comedy. This thing is like totally written like a comedy. So you've got Morbius, you've got manfibian, you've got um, uh, some like mummy dude, yeah, the living mummy, yeah, living mummy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just a lot of fun stuff. And these all these monsters live under New York. I think right is yes. that what it is? Yeah, and and then um they basically work together to like to like solve crimes and stuff. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, this is so fun, and the fact that Elsa Bloodstone being like a monster hunter, yeah, um, is teaming up with the Legion of Monsters to catch the big bad.
0: Um, I, I just I was like, this is fun. I want to read yeah. the rest of this. It gave me very a uh, uh, very much Hellboy vibes, like that. Oh yeah, department totally. of supernatural. You know, coming together to take down monsters, and no surprise, Shoff. This was written by Kieran Gillen, who is one of the best writers currently at Marvel. He's he actually just finished the Axe Avengers, uh, X Men, Eternals Judgment Day uh, crossover. That's that's going on. He's big time writer on Eternals, on X Men, um, just a a ton of great stuff. By Kieran Gillen. So it also does not surprise me when I when I found out that he was the writer of this Legion of Monsters. So yeah, highly recommend Legion of Monsters number one.
1: Yeah. Very good stuff.
0: Next up, Shoff, Death of Doctor Strange Bloodstone, number one. Now, this was actually a tie-in to that Death of Doctor Strange miniseries that uh was going on right around the time that the the multi- multiverse of madness was coming out. So this was leading up to that, Doctor Strange died. And so it was kind of, all right, how does the Marvel Universe, you know, react after he's dead? This Bloodstone was a tie in to that, and it's all about Elsa and the family Bloodstone. Um so this was probably your second Elsa Bloodstone comic, right? Uh yes, this is my second. Uh <laughs> Sorry, my <laughs> daughter just ran into my room
1: and I thought she was going to bed, so that's a surprise. oh <laughs> um okay, sorry about that uh <laughs> yeah, this is the second of the Elsa Bloodstone comics that I've read, and honestly, I did not like this at all. Mm. um this was not a fun comic to read. this was a challenge to get through um artistically it's got great art, but I just it just didn't work for me uh yeah the character didn't interest me at all. And after reading the other one that had her in it, that was the far more interesting title. So that's just me.
0: Yeah. I, I have to agree. This one, um, it didn't capture my attention necessarily. I was enjoying it as a tie-in to death of Dr. Strange, because whenever I'm reading a crossover, I have this kind of OCD thing or this, um, I have to read everything, you know, that's tied into that thing. So knowing what was going on at the same time as the crossover or the um, the big story is kind of interesting. So on that level, I was like, oh, okay, this was the Elsa and her family, what was going on there. But like you said, I wasn't that interested. And it's a one-shot. There's This wasn't a continuation, you know, continuing series didn't go anywhere after this. So when I was done reading it, I was like, all right, I, I guess that was a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and to introduce these other characters like Lyra and Cullen. Mm-hmm. Cullen was interesting to me because of like this demon that has attached himself to yeah. Cullen. And like mm-hmm. he becomes oh gosh, what was the name of it? Uh Glartrox. Yeah. <laughs> I think is the name of the demon. Yeah, that's right. Um like that part was kind of cool and kind of interesting, especially how he visually looked. But I, I don't know, I just
0: felt like
1: this whole story kind of fell flat to me,
0: but that's just mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And it was something that I don't know if they've continued it anywhere else. Um, oh, okay. Cause she doesn't, as far as I know, she doesn't have any, uh, and this just recently came out in January of this year. So I don't know of any other titles where Elsa's running around. Um, maybe if the listeners know, let us know. Uh, now the last book on the list shop was ghost Rider number 28 from 1990. Now this was the first chapter of the rise of the midnight suns event. And we've got that midnight suns video game coming out later this year. So what did you think about this 1990 book?
1: So I love ghost Rider as, as a character. And I think like, if you're approaching it from the standpoint of this is like, uh, it was added included in the Halloween listing of spooky titles. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can get scarier than ghost rider because Mm -hmm. ghost rider, when he becomes the spirit of vengeance, he exists for one purpose and that's to find evil and snuff it out, you know, like, yeah. Um, and, and it, there's really no, like whether or not you've killed someone or stolen a pack of gum, like it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's all bad. So yeah. like, he's going to be after you for anything. And I think about that. And you think about people nowadays, if ghost rider was like a real person and mm-hmm. he was like taking everybody, he, he'd be killing everyone. Everyone would get the pen and stare <laughs> because we all have like that dark side. Right. And right. that's what, that's what the the spirit of vengeance like feeds on is that dark side. Um so I I think like as a character, like he's intriguing. And but I prefer Johnny Blaze over Danny Ketch. And Mm. the fact that this is a Danny Ketch story already made it something I wasn't like in love with. Right. Cosmic Ghost Rider is my absolute favorite. Frank Castle all the way. Um actually crazy, (laughs) crazy Frank Castle. Um, but I also found this one really hard to follow. Yes. This issue, I don't know what it was about it. Part of me thought I was just reading it too late in the night and maybe I was having trouble focusing, but this was a really hard one to read because it just felt so all over the place and not written well. I don't, I'm having trouble kind of like figuring out why, but it just didn't
0: work. Yeah. See the problem for me on this one and uh, 1990 was when the series started, but this was issue 28. So it was actually 1992 as it was published but the problem for me is it felt like oh i need to read 27 other issues of ghostwriter to know what's going on just like you said it's not johnny blaze it's danny Ketch, and you have to know these things going into it like why is he why is you know why is there two of them why like so it just felt like i was jumping into the middle of the story and i needed more backup information so that's where i felt I was like, man, I don't know what's going on in this storyline right now. And then also, again, like we said with the original Werewolf by Night, the the way that comics were written in the 90s is different than how comics are written in 2022. This literally was 20 years ago that this book came out. So for me, the 90s-ness of it was a little bit hard to get through as well. I was like, ooh, this is not what I'm used to now I'm my current books that I'm reading. I'm not used to this 1992 style dialogue. Also the art still was not digital, but so Andy, uh, Kubert is actually one of my, f- one of my favorite artists. I love, I love his stuff. Um, uh, but going back and looking at this and there's no digital coloring. I was like, oh, this is also another one that I want, uh, I want updated. <laughs> I want enhanced, but
1: yeah, now yeah. are we in agreement that the the long haired dude
0: is Johnny Blaze? The one that was like in a trench coat and he was falling yeah. around. Yes, that is. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I've yeah. just never seen Johnny because I, I don't remember the you know, I, don't, I wasn't really reading uh, Ghost Rider at this time. Same. So same. I'm like seeing him with this long, like Fabio hair. I'm like, <laughs> is this Johnny Blaze? Like they never right. actually call him by name, I don't think, but he certainly has um, he has the, the outfit on underneath, which is definitely the ghost Rider yeah, outfit with like sort of like the, the leather and the square and, mm-hmm. and white. So, um, so I had a feeling, but I was like, I don't know. And there are a lot of writers, so yeah. it's hard to keep track of all of them sometimes.
0: Yeah. I was the same way. Cause I was not a, a huge ghost Rider fan in this time period. I was all Spider-Man in 1992. So I wasn't reading Johnny blaze stuff. And I only knew him as Ghostwriter, so I only know him as a flaming skull. I didn't know what he looked like with a human face. So I was also kind of taken off guard by that one. But I felt like if I had been reading all those other 27 issues of Ghostwriter, I definitely would have been, I would have felt more at home, more at ease. Yeah. But now- yeah, this one did not work for me, shof
1: Wow. We're totally in agreement this whole way around. That's awesome. Now I want to say this, like of the listing, this is not really a very spooky list, right? Like, yeah, it was billed as a spooky list and it's not very spooky. Mm -hmm. If they really wanted to go for something spooky, I want to offer up one for the listeners that if they haven't read this, they need to, because it's legit disturbing and spooky. And that would be Sandman. Ooh. Yeah. Volume. I'm on volume one. I'm only, I'm like, uh, maybe 90% through of it through mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, and there's a lot of issues in volume one, but it's called preludes and nocturnes yeah. and I'm specifically reading it on comiXology on their 30th anniversary edition. Yes, it is some crazy stuff goes down and it's very disturbing and f- definitely like the way things are, are, are drawn it's creepy. The creep factor is is to the max. So I w- I would offer up this as a much spookier title. I know it's not Marvel. Um it's technically a DC property, mm-hmm. but um but yeah, spooky for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I will throw in the books of James Tynan the Fourth. Uh he's currently writing Something Is Killing the Children, The Nice House on the Lake, and Ooh. House of Slaughter. All of those books, actually, even Department of Truth, all of those books are yes. actual like horror books. Of these, these are terrifying things that are happening to people. So, a hundred percent, James Tynan the fourth is writing some great spooky selections. Horror Department horror of books. Truth, man, that is pretty scary stuff.
1: And the way that the the art in that, yes. I can't read. Like, I have to be in the right mindset to to mm-hmm. read Department of Truth because. It's a very it's very disturbing art yes to, to look at. And I don't want it getting like etched into my brain to the where I'm right. just thinking about <laughs> it all the time. And Department of Truth is one of those comics that makes you think about it
0: long yeah. after you've read it. A hundred percent. Excellent, Shaw. Well, I think that was a very good episode of our Attack the Stack, Thank which you. is like I said, gonna be a recurring segment on the comic book Kaiju. Um, whenever Shoff wants to come back and tell us uh, what books he's been reading and what's been piling up on his stack. I'm going to join him and throw in the books that have been piling up on my stack. Uh, but yeah, Shoff, thank you very much for joining me. And definitely listeners, check out the Trechnological podcast where Shaf and I are talking all about Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek Lower Decks, and anything else that's coming out in the Star Trek universe um, Shof thank you very much again for joining me sir thank
1: you for having me and, and definitely I hope you're enjoying our uh, listeners are enjoying uh, um, comic book kaiju Yay. and technological and and everything else that Vactor in the Vactorverse is happening because <laughs> um, he, he's an exceptional guy a great dad uh, and, uh, and a stand up friend so
0: thank you glad Schauf. to be here yeah well Captain Shaw loves comics and you should too Woo!